Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yumiddin wa ba'd All praises to Allah and may His peace and blessings be upon His servant and messenger Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the one who was sent as a mercy to not just the Muslims not just to mankind but to all of the worlds. May the peace and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon him and upon his companions, the lamps of guidance, who exclusively and without exception are the only ones who hold the key to the path of Allah Ta'ala's happiness and exception. And the Blessed and Mubarak family and progeny of the Prophet ﷺ and his pure wives who are the mothers of the believers. Uh, I'm speaking to you right now from the Fatih district of Istanbul, named after Sultan Muhammad Fatih, about whom the Messenger of Allah ﷺ said in the hadith narrated by Imam uh, Ahmed bin Hanbal in his Musnad لَتُفْتَحَنَّ الْقُسْتَنْتَنِيَّةُ فَلَنِعْمُ الْأَمِيرُ أَمِيرُهَا وَلَنِعْمُ الْجَيْشُ ذَلِكَ الْجَيْشُ أَوْ كَمَا قَالْ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ That one day this Constantinople will be opened for the believers and what a wonderful commander will that commander be and what a wonderful army will that army be uh, very rare is it that somebody has the good fortune to be mentioned after so many intervening centuries and generations by the Messenger of Allah wasallam. And indeed, there's a very rare type of barakah and blessing in this neighborhood. Uh, and you know, you can feel it, it's very tangible. And I'm saying this after having come back uh, yesterday from Medina Munawwara which is of course the Mamba, the wellspring of Barakah, not just in the world but in the universe. In it is a garden from the gardens of Jannah. And in its Bargah is the Fakhr of the Konain and the Thakalain, the Fakhr of the Akwan, the pride and the joy of this world and the hereafter of the Insan and the Jinn, and the, the pride and joy of existence itself. Uh, the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sayyidina Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Obviously, uh, I say this, you know, I say this not to try to compare the two of them, but to say that you can feel the fikr, the deep reflection, the thought processes, the dhikr, the remembrance of Allah ta'ala, the mujahadat, the struggling against the nafs and the other obstacles and impediments uh, in life, the struggling against, uh, you know, complacency uh, in order to live a purpose-led life, a life that has some sort of meaning, a life that has some sort of goal. Um, you can feel the, the, the barakah of literally generations after generations, entire generations after generations, 
taking the deen as far as they could and then passing the baton to the next generation who also took the deen as far as they could. Um, you feel the, the, the warmth, the spiritual warmth of, um, of all of that here by Allah Ta'ala's fadl. And, and so there's a connection between the two of them. Um, you know, there's not a comparison between the two of them, but there's definitely a connection between the two of them. And I wanted to share some of the things that I heard from some of the different ulama that I met uh, over here and in other places as well. So I met um, the Sheikh uh, Yusuf Kavakchi, who is, he was actually in America for quite some time. He was the Imam of the Richardson Masjid in, um, in, in Dallas, in the greater Dallas area. And, you know, I'd met him once before, but I never really got a chance to sit down and talk with him. He was in a very open mood and, 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 and seemed like to be in a, uh, in a hall of bust of, ex, you know, expansiveness. And so he told a number of things, mashallah, about his teachers. I, I really, I never, I had no idea, mashallah, that he, uh, mashallah, was fluent in Persian. He studied the Masnavi of Mulana Rumi from one of the last Masnavi Khans in the Fatih Masjid itself. Masnavi Khan was the title given to a person who was an alim, a scholar of deen. They would receive a special training in the Masnavi of Mulana Rumi, which is just a wellspring of, 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 of the Sunni tradition, of the Sunni Muslim tradition. And it's really painful to see how Mulana Rumi, who was a Hanafi faqih and a man of the Sharia, literally he made a living by the Sharia, and he, uh, uh, you know, his writings so clearly advocate um, the way brought by Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's so painful to see people kind of misappropriate it and, you know, make it into kind of a, I don't know, just some sort of like a plaything that they can use its chiseled aesthetic style as a, a kind of a uh, rent an image type of uh, uh, plaything that they can make it mean whatever they wish they want it to mean, uh, or so it seems. But he actually read from, from one of the last surviving Masnavi Khans um, at a really, really difficult time. He said, I was a muezzin in the masjid, um, as a kid, when the, the 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 nationalist and secularist government forced um, forced the adhan to be called in Turkish, he said, "I called for years. I used to call the adhan in Turkish." He said, "I was just a kid. I had a very powerful and a very nice voice, and uh, I didn't you know know any better. So I went and called the adhan in Turkish um, from the from the uh, minarets, and he said." The ulama used to tell me, um, they used to tell me that this is not the adhan what you're doing. So just remember, it's not the adhan. Don't think of it as the adhan. Rather, go up, and when you say the line in Turkish out loud, um, say quietly, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then when you say, uh, when you say the Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, I bear witness that there's no God except for Allah in Turkish. And say, Ashadu la ilaha illallah, softly in Arabic. That way you still give the adhan. And imagine, you know, what that would have meant, you know, to be alive at that time. Um, to give you some sort of perspective, Adnan Mandaras, who was the, the prime minister who repealed the law forcing the adhan to be um, called in Turkish, was al- almost immediately deposed by a military coup and hung. 
I mean, they literally killed, he was the prime minister and they killed him for, for saying the Adhan. So imagine what a time it was and what the emotion and the feeling and the connection with the deen and the sunnah of Sayyidina Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would have been for the ulama even to tell this kid that, look, okay, go up there and do whatever, you know, thing they, they tell you to do. But don't forget, you know, that this is not, this is not our deen. And don't forget to say the Adhan at least quietly if you cannot say it out loud. And, uh, you know, he gave he gave a number of just amazing stories because that that time was so. I mean, it was just so difficult. It must have been such a, a struggle for people and how these you know people they held on held firmly to the deed. Um, he said that there were there were a number of people who later on went to be uh, you know very powerful people in Turkish society. Um, amongst them. Najmuddin Erbakan, amongst them, a number of uh, of people who kind of played a real important role in bringing uh, the dean back into uh, acceptance in, in, in the public sphere, uh, if not into prominence in the public sphere. He said these these uh, uh, people, they were uh, high school boys from Anatolia, from the backwoods, the backwaters, that came to Istanbul to study in university. And so he said there was a, a sheikh of the, of the uh, Naqshbandi Tariqa. His name was Hasib Efendi. He said Hasib Efendi was appointed the imam in the German school. And so these, these, uh, these boys from the village, he said many of them, many of the people, you know, who studied there obviously didn't pray. It was a kind of a westernized place to study. And so he said that, uh, um, that the, the imam saw two boys from, from Anatolia, from the backwaters, and they got up and ran off without praying their sunnahs. They prayed their farther and they bounced. And uh, he, he said he caught up to one of them and said, what's going on? They said, well, we have classes, we can't miss them. And so what happened was one of them uh, stopped coming, and so um, he asked the other one, where is that, where, where is that your, your friend who was praying? And uh, he said, uh, he said, he said he's moving. He's moving from Bayezid to Aksaray. Um, and in those days, you had to move your furniture, everything. You just pack it up on your back and go. There's no elevators. You may be up on the fifth floor. If you don't know anybody, it's it's kind of a long slug. So he said, take me to him. And so he went to his old apartment in Bayezid, and he 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 went up the stairs, and literally grabbed the the man's bed he said that this Hasib Effendi was like a a big guy he was like a like a wrestler like you know but he was an old man white beard but he's tough and so he says that he says that the the the, the two boys were in shock and they didn't know what to do that this mashallah uh, imam and uh, alim was there and he showed concern for them and he said uh, you know uh, don't worry I'll help you move and they said, no, 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 don't take anything. And uh, he, he, he just picked up the heaviest thing, which was the bed. It was put into pieces and packed up. And uh, he just picked it up and said, well, I'm going with it. Let's go. And he goes down the stairs and he's walking through, you know, from Bayezid to Aksaray. And the businessmen are all, you know, they see they see this going on. And they're saying that, uh, you know, it's white beard, old, old uh, 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 sheikh. And they're, they're saying, what are you doing? Let me take it, let me take it. He says, no, he refuses uh, to let them take uh, anything. And, and this kid is not able to even to pick up anything that heavy. And uh, he's just following and, and not able to keep up with them. 
And literally, the Sheikh uh, Yusuf, he got up. I mean, he was so emotion, so moved with emotion. Remembering, he's remember, he's over eight, he's you know eighty years old or so, and he was so moved with emotion. He stood up. He literally stood up and looked me in the eye. He said, "Tell me who's a Sheikh like this Sheikh? Uh, who's a Sheikh like this Sheikh?" I, and I just, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, man. It was it was very overwhelming because. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot uh, there's a lot in our tradition to live up to. Um, I guess all of us, all of us, you know, myself, and and you know, starting from the person who's a simple musalli in the masjid, you know, going all the way through other people who you know spend a significant amount of time seeking knowledge or doing service for uh, the deen, and uh, you know, uh, we we may complain about a lot of things, but like. You know, to literally go and move, you know, do something like that in your old age and to humble yourself just in order that a person should, you know, come back to the masjid and just start praying again. Um, he looked at me, he says, who's a sheikh like that sheikh? Who's going to be, you know, who's going to be a, a man of the tariqah? He said, these people were men. Uh, he said, these people were men. He repeated it again and again. Who's going to be a man like that? And I, I was I was just really overwhelmed. And the thing is, when you see these snapshots, you know, these little pictures, it's not like, this. these are not like stories from the distant past, they're from the near past. And then you realize that this deen, in order for it to come forth and overwhelm, you know, all of this kind of nafs and hawa and kufr and, you know, greed and selfishness and envy and 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 you know materialism and all this other stuff that the dean is is competing against you know with mediocre means and mediocre uh, uh things at their disposal um it comes from like just these these people who are these like really like mountain like people and the amount of effort they they put and the amount of effort they 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 consider to be worthwhile um you know just for something that you know people 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 regular people think is not really a big deal like just to bring this kid to come back to the masjid and pray um it's amazing and look at the barakat i mean these are people literally that they they for lack of a better way of saying it they grew up and they brought the deen back to back to this land after its darkest and most like just like fanatically secularist days. And when I say secularist, I'm not talking about, oh, we don't want religion in the public sphere. I'm talking about people who literally wanted to annihilate and eradicate religion, period. Uh, from people whose religion is like anti-religiosity and who par like have a paradoxical, paradoxically fanatical uh, uh, worldview uh, for people who claim that they don't like religion. So he told he told a number of stories like that. Uh, he told a story about how he was looked down upon by an alim from uh, some part of the Arab world, um, and 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 uh, he said that <laughs> he said that this alim, you know, he 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 kind of uh, you know. Uh, ignored me, overlooked me, and so I, I thought to myself, I'm, uh, you know, I'm nothing, but my teachers, they were something, and I owe it to them, you know, that 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 we should represent this ilm. So he said when that 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 sheikh was giving a speech and he quoted a uh, an ayah wrong, I corrected him, and he said that later in his speech when he made certain grammar grammatical mistakes in his in his speech, I corrected him. And then at that point, he said, okay, 
this is a person who has knowledge. That in and of itself, I mean, those are day-to-day type things. Maybe a person who's not a student of knowledge won't understand. Uh, mashallah, knowledge is a type of kingship uh, in and of itself. And uh, the people who uh, are obsessed with it, um, these things, they kind of take on a life of their own, maybe in a way that may be almost off-putting to a person who doesn't understand. But uh, that's not really the point of bringing it up. The thing that I that I thought was, that, that I felt was really deep was he said this. He said that, you know, I'm nothing, but my teachers were something. He said, I'm nothing compared to my teachers. They were they were like lions, but I'm also like a baby lion. <laughs> so there's a hug for me to fulfill. And I think, you know, maybe some people might hear someone say something like that and think, oh, well, that sounds kind of arrogant or whatever. But it really, it isn't. Uh, what it is, is the idea that there are people who studied from teachers. Um, and that study was so personal and so deep, um, not just deep as in like profound in like knowledge, but deep as in like, it wasn't just information. It was something that, that reached through the mind, you know, and, and touched the heart, um, and, and changed lives and, and altered people's outlook that it was, it was so deep that he felt a responsibility to, he felt the responsibility to his teachers um, that 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 his knowledge shouldn't go to waste and that their knowledge shouldn't go to waste as well, that it should be respected. And that responsibility, really, it's a burden that all of us carry. And it's the secret of why, you know, the, the Salat and Salam on the Prophet Wasallam is so important because his sacrifices enabled the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum to be who they were. Their sacrifices enabled the Tabi'een to be who they were. Their sacrifices enabled the Salaf Salih, the Tabi'een to be who they were. That first set of generations collectively, they lived Islam. They, their lives were Islam. For them, Islam wasn't a book. It wasn't Sahih Bukhari and Sahih Muslim, the Muwatta of Imam Malik. It wasn't, uh, you know, even though Imam Malik was from amongst them, but the book was, you know, it was like the cart that goes after the horse, right? They, they, they lived the deen. They were, they were the deen. Uh, of Islam, uh, uh, incarnate, uh, that, that, that walked through the streets and that, that lit up the earth like lamps of guidance. Um, and, 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 you know, we owe it to them. We owe the, a lot to them. We owe it to them because of their mujahadat, their sacrifices, their praying for the entire night, their abstinence from sin. You know, if someone like myself or like you commit some sort of sin, it's not, I mean, we make tawbah and we ask Allah for forgiveness. Those people, if they're people who are as lax and, and, and lapsed as badly as we did and as often as we did, um, you know, there wouldn't have been a deen. And we owe it, we, we owe it to them. We owe a lot to them. Um, we owe them so much that there's no way we can ever repay uh, what they gave us. We owe them so much that there's no way they can ever repay what they gave us. And, um, uh, you know, it, it's something that, 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 that deepens, that realization deepens one's relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because then you ask Allah from the depth of your heart, Ya Allah, this person did something. You know, they say that al-jaza'u uh, bijins al-a'mal or bijins al-amal, that the reward is, you know, should be commensurate or of the same type as the, the deed was. Um, what do you, how do you reward somebody who gave you something that's literally not from this world? And the answer is that the reward is also not from this world.
uh, and it's it's only to be found in the akhirah. And there's no reward in the dunya that that can that can uh, compensate uh, for somebody who who literally brought you life itself, who gave your spirit life and gave it a way of escaping, you know, a you know jail forever and the hereafter and a, a dark existence in this world. Um, so that was, that was really profound, you know, to see that, and that's like such a universal experience. I don't know that much about, um, you know, I, I don't know that much about the Ottoman scholarly history. Um, it's, you know, it's suffice to say it's, you know, it's a, a, a long time ago and it's a land far away from anywhere that I studied, um, regularly, but, you know, to feel that kind of common moment as, as a young pup and, uh, uh, um, you know, and, and with, you know, with one of our elders who is from, you know, uh, from such a different tradition ostensibly and from so far away to have that kind of common moment and just, you know, kind of like totally get where, where he was coming from. Um, that was, that was really powerful. It was really moving. Um, that that he had this this bond with his mashaykh and i don't know like people they take it like a joke nowadays you know they think like oh look these are uh, mullahs are just you know f fanatical people are just tooting their own horn and telling hagiographical hey, stories uh you know but tall tales about god knows what and god knows when and it's not i mean these are people who are telling their own genuine feelings and their own history of what they went through and what they did and uh, um, they 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 inherited this feeling, this responsibility of, you know, of this responsibility toward Islam itself that they that they got and they learned from their mashaykh, and it's a responsibility that we hold, uh, or that we are, you know, I wouldn't say burdened with. It's really it's not a burden. It's it's an honor. It's a responsibility that we're honored with. You know, burden is like what go take out the trash. That's a burden. If somebody says to you, here's the keys of the Kaaba, uh, you keep them safe. That's a responsibility, but it's an honor. Um, this is an honor greater. This, you know, just the fact that you and I read Fatiha, it's an honor greater than, than if Allah Ta'ala had entrusted us with the keys to the Kaaba, in as much as the Fatiha is uh, part of revelation. The keys, if you lose them, they can be made again. The Kaaba itself, the whole thing, Allah Ta'ala protect it and increase it in its honor and uh, 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 increase, uh, you know, the people and their love for it. Um, but if Khudana Khasta, uh, God forbid, anything were ever to happen to it, we just get stone bricks and lay them down again. Um, but this knowledge is, is, is such an honor. It's such a responsibility. Allah Ta'ala described it as, you know, that... Uh, that it's 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 something that can rent the mountains asunder, um, but he gave it to us, and once we have it in our hands, you know, if we have any sort of rational faculty, we'll say like, "Oh my goodness, how am I going to discharge this responsibility?" And the fact and the answer to that is what that the same Allah who gave you the responsibility, He's the one who can He, he can give you the courage and give you the strength and the patience and the resolve, the de determination, the the capacity to just bear struggle. He can give you all those things in order to in order to uh, uh, in order to fulfill that responsibility as well. So that was, uh, uh, you know, these are just kind kind of some glimpses of. Of of what was a, a a long, mashallah, long sitting with all sorts of stories of the past, uh, peppered with 
witty anecdotes and uh, 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 eloquent uh, bits of Persian poetry and references to uh, different books of knowledge and, and reading those different books of knowledge um, that, that, that happened today. And I feel very enriched and I feel very happy and uh, I feel like a lot of camaraderie or uh, I wouldn't say camaraderie, these are our elders, mashallah, but at least I feel some sort of link, you know, that transcends time and place. And actually, it's interesting, Sheikh, he said this a couple of times, and I felt very honored by it. Allah Ta'ala, uh, Allah Ta'ala give him long life. He said, look, you and me are mullahs. <laughs> so we think differently. There's some other people in the majlis, he pointed at them. He said, we think differently than them. We behave differently than them. Uh, and, uh, although I feel myself very unworthy, but, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was nice to have that, 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 that bridge, you know, from one place to the other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give the best, the best jaza and the best reward, uh, um, of, of goodness in this world and the hereafter to all those people who carry deen to us. We should also sit for five minutes and think about who carried deen to us, whether it's, you know, our maktab teacher who taught us alif ba'tatha, or the person who taught us wudu, or the person who taught us, you know, how to pray or fast, or any of those things. You know, we should think about, or, you know, for those of us who have, uh, you know, some more training, you know, who are, who are, who, who the ulama were, who taught us those things that they taught us, and just, you know, make dua for them, عن ظاهر الغيب, even if, you know, you don't have to make a YouTube video about it or whatever, just make dua for them when you get a chance. They're really, they're like your parents, you know, they're like your spiritual parents, your parents, your, you know, biological parents gave you life in this world, and your spiritual parents gave you the life of the hereafter. So when you make dua for your parents, which everyone should do, uh, um, all the time, then also make dua for your mashaykh as well. And, uh, you know, those of you who have students, uh, when you make dua for your children, make dua for your students as well, that Allah Ta'ala give, give us the, uh, the, the, the himma and the, the courage and the stamina and the resolve, uh, to whatever happens, come what may, um, you know, but keep carrying this, this amana and this trust forward and, uh, not, not drop it. You know, he said this, he said that, you know, it's, you take the baton, you go as far as you can and then you hand it to somebody else. Uh, these projects, uh, they, they spend centuries sometimes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to transmit the knowledge of this, this, this sacred tradition, uh, of this, of this blessed Mubarak revelation and, and reward all those people from our teachers, those we know, those we don't know, those we appreciate properly, those we don't appreciate properly, those who are, you know, just all, all of them, and, and those, you know, that chain that binds us to the Prophet ﷺ, those generations that intervene in the middle, maybe those people, we don't know their names and we don't know who they are, but they're definitely receiving any good from any, any reward from any good deed that we, that we do. And, uh, Yawm Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala, you know, by His Fadl and by His Grace, uh, forgive us our sins and enter us into Jannah. Uh, I, I would really love to see those people. I would love to see them more than I would love to see Disneyland or go on vacation in Hawaii or, uh, you know, you know, stay a night in the whatever Burj Arab in Dubai or any of those things. I would, I would, I would love to, to meet those people. I would love to embrace them. I would love to kiss them. I would love to, I would, I, I would love to, uh, just, 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 
you know, it would be an honor just for my eyes to see who are these people, um, uh, you know, who, who, who so faithfully and selflessly, uh, uh, you know, carried this package for us. Uh, the thing that they didn't really need to do, but out of love, um, you know, for the sake of Allah, just like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went to the graveyard and, and addressed his brothers from, uh, and, and uh, uh, the, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum asked him, are we not your brothers, alayka salatu salam? And he said, no, you're my companions, but my brothers are those who will come afterward and they'll believe in me and they, they, even though they've never seen me and they would give anything that they had to, to be able to see me. And there's a story mentioned of one of the awliyaba in the Kashul Mahjub of, uh, the Sheikh Ali Hajwari that he said that there was one of the, one of the awliya, the way he received his wilaya, he was a, uh, an extremely rich merchant, I think in Ray, uh, uh, um, or in, in Nishapur, not, sorry, not in Nishapur, in Ray, uh, 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 um, in Iran, I believe. And he, he heard of a person uh, he heard a person who was in possession of a hair of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, it just captured his f- fascination so much that he um, he 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 asked he went and found that man and he asked him, you know, because uh, he was a rich merchant, he asked him how much how much will you sell it for, and he says I'll sell it for 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 everything you have. And he just said, yeah, he just said, you know, it just, that's it. He just said, he just went for it. He said, yes. And that night he saw the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a dream uh, who told him that you, you got, you know, what you, what you got, you got it as a bargain. It was a steal. Uh, you got something very valuable at a very cheap price. And because of your love, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will crown you with, with his wilaya. And, uh, um, I mean, I, 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 I thought about that story when I read it. I thought, you know what? I wonder if the hair was real and like if it was even relevant. Because one thing is like physical stuff. Obviously, the, the Jasad Mubarak of the Prophet ﷺ is something sacred, uh, something sacred to, to us. Uh, but, you know, what's more profound than the physical is the state of the heart that that person must have had to just be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, and although I, you know, I don't r- recommend that you, you know, part of the sunnah is moderation as well. Sometimes, you know, for that person, maybe he was spiritually and he was, uh, uh, you know, in his heart and in, in such a state that, that he, that level of sacrifice, he could take it. Um, but for other people, you know, just moderation, don't just jump into the deep end of the pool before knowing whether you can swim or not. But, uh, the idea is like, you know, that, that, that love and that attraction, you know, for the people who brought us deen, um, that's literally the stuff of wilaya. And that's the stuff that changes people's lives for the better. And that's the stuff that takes people out of despondency. It's the stuff that takes people out of hopelessness. It's the stuff that takes people, you know, to a better place um, inside. Uh, no matter what's happening around, you know, that Hasib offended the story about it. Imagine these people saw, they went through this rigorous system of preserving knowledge only to see the, the, the state collapse in front of their eyes and, and to be despised for the thing that they should have been praised for, but like still not giving up, still, still, uh, you know, 
doing something, uh, you know, out of love for, for those who will come tomorrow, um, you know, just like those who came yesterday did for them and that, that, that did, they did for us. Like Rasulullah the Salaf did for us, like all of these intervening uh, generations they did for us. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward, reward our mashaykh. May Allah ta'ala forgive me for not, uh, for not living up to this high, high standard that they set. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward them uh, immensely uh, in this world and reward them infinitely in the hereafter. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, for, forgive us if nothing else, because we were, you know, we, we're the ones who, uh, you know, their, their, their knowledge transmits through. May Allah ta'ala rectify our hal, if not for our own sakes, then for their sakes, just so that we can uh, continue to transmit this deen and that their reward can continue to be more and more and more until the yawm qiyamah because they're the ones who deserved it. They're the ones who do deserve it. They're the ones who will deserve it on the day of judgment. Uh, and, and people, people who come afterward, um, really anyone who is reasonable, not, not even, not even like super intelligent, just reasonable would, uh, would, would feel that, that, would feel love for them and would feel awe and respect for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not let, let us pass from this world before we do something for the, for his deen and for those who will come afterward. Uh, whether it be, you know, whether it be, you know, something that is, uh, you know, related to teaching, learning and teaching knowledge or, or, you know, helping the institutions that do those things or at least remembering those people and those institutions in one's du'as every day uh, or, or just passing on their memory and keeping their memory. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from fitan uh, that they had to see and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, bless the Darul Islam if not for anything else than for the sake of those people who work to make it great. وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم